podcast. If you're not listening to podcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome to the Matrix episode of the podcast. Allison and Eric join me as we break down this sci-fi classic that some call the best sci-fi movie of all time. Uh, I don't go that far, but uh, it's definitely the most influential movie of the past 25 years. Uh, The action and the special effects are groundbreaking, and the storytelling is really interesting and innovative. Uh, I'm sure it can be confusing, uh, and it can break your brain if you think too hard about it, but it's, uh, it's original, and that's a rare thing these days. If you can be original, that goes a long way. Uh, so take the red pill and join us as we break down the Matrix. Whoa. Forget everything you know. What is happening to me? All I can tell you is that you're in danger. Forget everything you've seen. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy, because Kansas is going bye-bye. Now, the Matrix has you. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. The Matrix. All right, The Matrix, 1999. The no-nonsense plot. This is pretty good. Uh, When a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker (laughs) Neo to a, a forbidding underworld, he discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an evil cyber intelligence. Okay. Huh. I think that's a different movie. Yeah. Beautiful stranger. The beautiful stranger part is insane. <laughs> uh, but also an evil cyber intelligence. I never really would have said, I mean, I guess in this movie, the, ag- the agents are evil. It's evil. But it's just more like a survival of the fittest type of thing. I, I, I was... I never thought of the computers as evil, but I guess, I mean, obviously they're the bad guy. They are devoid of a conscience to Ooh. decide good or evil. Ooh. Philosophical. I know. Um, you got to go, go way deep well, when you're this, talking about the Matrix. Here. That's one thing we're going to, I don't want to get into, but it's inevitable. Yes. Is that all the philosophy and the allegories and the everything, yes. it's kind of overwhelming. Yes. And we'll deal with that when we have to. Okay. Uh, okay. Overall reaction to the movie, when, where did you see it? What impact did it have? Um, overarching thoughts, that type of thing. This was 99. Mm-hmm. We were in, I guess, Chicago. We were in Wrigleyville. Yeah. And I will. I remember very clearly the trailers on television, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see it. And I'm like, eh. I don't know if I really want to watch it. And you're like, what are you talking about? You were like so annoyed. I don't know that we saw it in the theater. I think we rented it. No. Maybe, I think you saw it in the theater. I definitely saw it in the theater. I don't know that I did. Yeah. I don't know. And then I watched it and I was like, whoa. It was good. It was, even in the trailer, you could tell this is something different. I didn't. I didn't understand it. Admittedly, it, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't understand it for the first five times I saw it. Yeah. Um, but it, everything looked different. The philosophy was different. The 
computer simulation, you know, right. uh, living in a dream world. Uh, there's a world behind the world thing. Uh, the, you know, the philosophy, the allegories, the much hyped and much, uh, uh, stolen and redone, uh, choreography and fight scenes and the but bullet you time but thing. you didn't know any of that going into it some of that you you saw some of that in the in the theater in the trailers you saw yeah, but i mean we're talking a minute and a half you didn't know that there was all this deep philosophy and no, no, all no. Of that in there no but right but but there was enough there that i knew i had to see it because it was way okay. way different got it um and then we're talking about what impact it had too mm-hmm. um i think people forget how crazy unusual it was when it came out like it, there wasn't it, it was completely different there yeah. was nothing like it completely different yeah right? it changed fighting sequences in any movie going forward just exactly. about like nothing it, it it has influenced any remotely sci-fi so, action movie of any kind most influential movie of the past 25 years, arguably. I don't know yes. who else is in the running. I'm, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know. But, uh, um, I mean, every fight scene, every choreography, uh, all the s- cinematography of sci-fi and fight scenes and uh, uh, all that sort of stuff, it, it all traces back to this movie. Yeah. Eric? Do you remember seeing it for the first time, what you thought, all that sort of stuff? I do. Um, it, the week it came out was the week that I uh, arrived at Fort Bragg. <laughs> I don't remember right. exactly when I, I first, saw the, first saw the commercials for it, but I do remember seeing the commercials. It's like what first get to Fort Bragg, I spent a week at a barracks. It was like the what they called it the replacement company where you spend your week doing like in processing stuff and then they send you to your actual unit. The day that I got to my unit, I think it was that night. I went out with the guys because we everybody was talking about it and we went to see it. Yeah, yeah, totally. and yeah, I was. I I ended up having I I. Ended up going to see it again in the theater, like uh, maybe not quite a month later, because like you, I didn't, I didn't get it all the first time oh. I saw it. Like I had to see it again to make sense of it. For sure, I didn't really grasp it fully until the third time I saw it. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel. I feel like that's why I'm, I'm pretty confident I did not see it in the theater. I saw it on a rental and I think I watched it multiple times. We watched it multiple times that weekend, like I, trying to understand. I remember everything specifically. I can't movies came out on video way longer after the movie release. Right. So it might've been a year and a half later. Yeah. But I think it might've been that, that Christmas. I remember watching it at your dad's place that Christmas um, like on the TV, like a- after, uh, yeah, like I had bought, I bought it and yeah, brought it home um, with me, and we were like at right, Christmas time, and we watched it around the twenty-seven inch television. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> the 27 incher with a dying photo tube. tube. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. I wrote down a bunch on of VHS. I'm on VHS, of course. <laughs> bunch of little things here. Speaking of, Eric, yeah. how many versions of this have you purchased? Um, is it three or is it four? Like, did you have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and then digital? Whoa. Uh, for the for the original movie, Laserdisc. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for the original movie, uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's four. I think I had VHS. That's insane. DVD. Blu-ray, yeah, in digital four times. <laughs> Good God. Um, the the other two. Well, the other two. I think three times because I think I bought a DVD, a box. I bought the box set uh, on DVD, then on Blu-ray, and the other then two digital. are basically Godfather three. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> There's moments, but yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wrote down a bunch of like thought starters here. I like, just, I don't know where to go with them. They all sort of mix and match and I'm not where mm-hmm. to, sure where to start, except there's one place to start. And that is the influence or role of the Wachowski's gender fluidity, transgender situation in this movie. I mean, it's all over the place mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And I, I think we all probably saw this in the, in the trivia, the character switch. Yeah. It's supposed to be transgender. Uh, uh, well, she was going to be female in the matrix and male in the real world. That's oh. why her name was switch. Oh, that's yeah, a, the at, I did yeah, not, the, I didn't, I mean, I did my little slot machine right. look at trivia. Yeah. So I did not see that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the the actress that plays Switch, when they originally cast her, she was only supposed to be the character, the character in the Matrix. Yeah. Oh. So, hmm. and one or both of the Wachowskis have come out, I think recently, uh, and said, "Yeah, this whole movie is basically a sort of, uh, at least parts of it." Uh, an allegory, a transgender allegory for what they were going through and identity issues and all that sort of stuff, of course. But then there's also the layer of the biblical allegory that's going on Mm -hmm. with Neo and Trinity. And there's all the biblical references. I can't get putting those two together, like in the background of your brain while dealing with all of the computerness of it, like, it hurts it, my head. The, like, for example, the complexity of right. everything that there's so here. many layers and they're interconnected or they're disparate. Like they're all over the place. Like when the Oracle gives Neo a cookie. Yeah. And computers have cookies to re- uh, where they remember and mark and, and track the, the user. All that stuff. I can't keep track of all the computer stuff and all the transgender stuff and all the biblical stuff, and follow the fucking plot. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this is like six movies in one, and it kind of hurts my head. It's, Even 22 years yeah. later. It's really it's pretty much. incredible. The what 
that all of that could be packed into a single right two-hour movie it's nuts in 1999 is incredible i mean it really is amazing that all of that was done and it was so influential and changed it changed the use of cg it changed the use of or um the way fighting worked it was it it really well you already said it i mean so we have talked about this with other movies in the past uh, does the Matrix qualify as a perfect movie? For what it's doing, is it, you know, as near perfect as it could be? I'm gonna say the movie as a is. whole. It doesn't is, mean it's it's not perfect. It doesn't mean it's flawless. But yes. In doing what it's trying Intended, to do, yeah. It's I think it's it's near perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was watching it even a bit this evening, and there's a couple of like I actually wrote down like a couple of yeah. like, what the hell? Like, this is the most ridiculous, over the top yeah. performance or delivery of a line. Mm-hmm. That it 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 was it well, it was distracting. Mention it. You might as well. So <clears throat> the scene when Cipher is unplugging everybody. And Tank goes, um, believe it or not, you piece of shit, you can still burn. And he shoots him, and then he spits. It's ridiculous. That scene... That's some George Lucas writing. That particular delivery is crazy. And the tasty wheat acting (laughs) of Mouse is... Like super herky jerky and bizarre and it's I don't get the delivery when uh, in that particular scene given what he does throughout the rest of the movie. Right, that whole scene with the uh, eating the tasty wheat or whatever is weird. Maybe that kid's just not a good actor. Well, that's what that's more of what it felt like. Like he was trying to be the funny, smooth, fast talking nerd. He's nothing. Um, but it came out really forced and awkward. However, I actually enjoyed the content of the dialogue around the tasty wheat and what what it so, means about right. what you taste. But yes. Did you notice that he even fucks that up? He says it backwards. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, you know, everything tastes like chicken. He said chicken tastes like everything. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Chicken doesn't <laughs> taste like everything. No. It's the, it's the yeah. opposite of what he right. should have been saying. Right. But you know what he wants right. to say, but right. fine. But I, I enjoyed the content of what was being said. Yeah. The delivery yeah. misses the mark. So... I think it's on the outer ring of the target. Top to bottom, you could erase his character from the movie and be you wouldn't even notice it. It's fine. Be great. Yeah. Have somebody else develop the woman in red program. Fine. Good. (laughs) The end. Yeah. Have any of the other people have a have APOC have a fucking line of dialogue that matters would be great. Yeah. 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 He was he's kind of a a zero. Such an ancillary um character. Take Mouse and Apoc, combine them into one, one, 
throw them in the garbage, and then give every all their stuff to do. Ha- have switch- why are they combined into one and then thrown in the garbage? That's funny. <laughs> then uh, have all the thing the three or four things they do. Just hand that off to Switch, and then the movie is the exact same, and it's cleaner. Yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. That said, not like this. I think this movie is is close to perfect. Yeah, it's pretty. It's for what it's pretty like, darn close. Yeah, for what it's doing at and at the time it did it, it's amazing. So back to the Wachowskis, the S and M influence throughout this thing is yeah. very interesting with all the leather and uh, uh, is it the plastic? club that they go to the club, which is a real club. Yeah. Um, all that's interesting. It was obvious then, I think, kind of yeah. too, but uh, it was it's, all this sort of ties in together. Um, one thing I wrote down, nothing else but the Nokia phones oh. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that little, the little, little slide out. Yeah. Yeah. People wanted to have those phones because of that, that movie. In this movie. Yeah. 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 Um, the scene where... And I think, I almost want to, for some reason it's in my head that, like, those phones were already, like, discontinued by the time the movie even came out. Yeah. Like, they were brand new when they when they put them in the movie, but then they didn't work and they pulled them or something. Well, so you I couldn't even watching, get them. Yeah, watching the movie, they had that phone and, it, you know, the, the bottom slid out and whatever, cool. But even then, we we're like, that phone is huge. Like, cell phones at that time were not that gigantic i mean they were getting small um so yeah i'm sure they were uh, uh obsolete um the scene where they rescue morpheus yes. from top to bottom getting the guns in the the white space or whatever um the loading program whatever they call it um going through security with all the guns in the bags and then the the shootout in the lobby uh morpheus up top with the uh, Agent Smith going through why he hates the Matrix and wants to get out of there, has to, you know, get the codes or whatever right. and get out the, shoot up the elevator, the um, fight at the top, the uh, helicopter shootout, blowing out the whole, you know, top floor or whatever that was, uh, rescuing Morpheus. The bullet dodging. All, uh, it's It's 20 minutes or however long this thing is of 1999 perfection. It's, yeah. it's great. I can't remember. I, I didn't spend a lot of time writing down these notes, but like there are certain sequences that took six months to plan <laughs> out. And I want to sure. say it was the helicopter one, kind Has of that be, right? whole thing, coordinating Gotta all be. of those different things took months and months and months and months and months yeah. to execute. It, that whole sequence to me holds up perfectly 20 years later. Honestly, so it's so funny you say that. So when I was doing my homework or, you know, watching the movie a week ago, of course, I fell asleep um, in the middle of it. Eric, I was rewatching it tonight mainly because I wanted to watch that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like right, like just past halfway into the movie. And I feel like when I do watch it, I catch like the beginning, I catch the very end. And I wanted to watch that scene because it is so well done, so well choreographed. And I remember being blown away mm-hmm. when that came out. Like, how did they do this? Yeah. 
because it looks so re- it still looks real. From I mean, there to the end of the movie, the movie just flows and just yeah. kicks uh, yeah. toward the end. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really good. Um. So, Eric, I had this question. I hadn't thought of it really ever until this rewatch. Um, it should be obvious if you watch it, but it wasn't to me until now. So everyone, every single person in those pods, you know, all of humanity, each one is living in their own little matrix. Cause there are no real people don't, interact with each other right there or do they like the whole thing is a dream world or i always a, a yeah, i always thought reality was like cool. fucking Fortnite or something right i, I don't know if, or is it everyone ha- is living their own individual reality or like is fake reality? everybody thomas thomas anderson or in the in the matrix you're you're the star of your own movie and everyone has their own movie no, I, I always took it as everybody's part of connected to one big world. That's what I was, that's what I thought initially, but rewatching it, it made, they said something or we were watching it and it came up and I brought it up and it, at the time it made well, sense. Is it like <laughs> because of Cypher wanting to get plugged back in and like, how does that? Maybe it is. Yeah. How does that kind of interact with other people that right. this dude suddenly shows up and he's a rich guy? Right. Yeah, all of the, I mean. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. Um, maybe we shouldn't really go too deep. I mean, you pull on that string and the whole thing falls apart. But mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of those type of things where I'm like, how does this work? What? How? And so I, I did see something about the whole concept of, the machines using people as uh, a, an energy source. It's nonsense. If you don't think about it, it it's, it's fine. But if you think about it for a half a second, like this is, it can't possibly be. <laughs> yeah. So I did see something that it's scientifically impossible. Of course, um, humans do not pr- produce that, uh, much energy, and the machines could easily gather more resources more energy basically by burning the nutrients they use to sustain the people. So all the effort they're putting into raising and sustaining these human guinea pigs or these uh, pods, all that stuff, just put it in a a pile and set it on fire and you generate more energy. Yeah. Okay. Well, this whole thing kind of falls apart. Well, I mean, and there's, and there's other, there's also like other little details and it caught me today and I was completely distracted. Then as a result, I'm kind of mad that I noticed it. What? So when Neo wakes up in the pod and he's in the slime and he sits up and he's looking around and he sees like the big power plants with all the people in them and he's yep. looking around and he's looking down he's looking up and it's like miles of this and then he wakes up in he goes gets flushed down yeah is in then the little hovercraft ship yeah. and he is everything is fuzzy close up 
And then he's saying to Morpheus, I, could, I can't, how come I can't see or how come my eyes hurt? And he's like, because before. you never use your eyes. How could he see all of the miles he and couldn't. miles of he stuff, couldn't. but he is reacting as if he is? What if it's just a big uh, red-orange blur? That's say. not what was implied there. I know, I know, I know. So, so then he <laughs> sees and then he doesn't see. He sees right. and he doesn't see. And I, I was kind of mad that I was like, wait a minute. How can he see that far if he couldn't see Morpheus three feet away? As we said, it may, it may be a perfect movie, but it doesn't mean that it's not yeah, flawless. I know. Yeah, we, I, know. It's I, I agree. I, it's, it's a bit of nitpicking, but it caught me today that I was, I was not expecting it. I never noticed it in the hundred times I've seen this movie. Okay. Box office performance. Okay. Uh, the Matrix did make the top 10 for that year. Um, my first, at first glance, this is one of those ones where I'm like, oh, this is a great movie year. This is, I mean, right. these, the top 10 is ridiculous. But then when I got past like four or five, I'm like, oh, it's really not that good. Uh-oh, okay. Uh, here we go, it's top 10. Number one, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. I know, but it's a big movie, yeah. 430 million. The Sixth Sense, two hundred and seventy-six million. That's a good one. That's actually a that's a bigger number than I would have I thought. Know, I know. Um, it's a movie that right. everyone saw, but no one will ever watch it again. Like once you know the thing, it's I think it's not that watchable to me. I don't agree with that, but it's. I mean, it's. I've, it's I've a seen different. It's a different watching. It. Yeah. Uh, number three, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, uh-huh. $206 million. Number four, Toy Story 2, $199. Number five, The Matrix, with $171 million. That comes out today, it's $700 million. I mean, yeah. it's, it would be a huge movie, huge, bigger than it was. Uh, number six, Tarzan, $170 million. Yeah, bad. Big Daddy. Is that the animated or the live action? Uh, 1999. I'm thinking animated. Okay. So it's the Disney, the Disney yeah. Tarzan? Yeah. yeah. Big Daddy. I was wondering if it had my little sweetie Alexander <laughs> Skarsgård <laughs> as Tarzan. Uh, Big Daddy, 163. Okay. Yes. The, the Mummy, 155 million. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Number nine, Runaway Bride, one hundred and fifty-two million. Julia Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And number ten, a little tiny movie called The Blair Witch Project. Oh, one hundred and forty million. Yeah, Tarzan down. That's quite a drop. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is good, and then no, it's not very good. This movie this year is not that great. Um, I think there are better movies below that didn't perform yeah. great but fine the Blair Witch, Witch Project though really kind of changed that genre a bit yeah it really birthed all of those kind of um, found footage yeah well that's my favorite like independent made on a shoestring and then made a hundred and yeah. million. Yeah. yeah so the budget for the Matrix was, was 63 and it made 171 so pretty damn good it's amazing that they made this movie for 63 million yeah and 
Especially since they invented a lot of stuff. Right. Right. All that bullet time stuff. And um, I mean, I think I saw something like 20% of the movie was CG. CG. CG at that time was probably way more expensive. And then the fact that 80% of this was actually real. Yeah. Is expensive. I know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's do that. Let's, you want to do audience or critics? Uh, Let's do critics. What do you think the critics gave uh, The Matrix? I often go first. I'm going to let Eric go first this time. Eric, critics. Critics, I will say 85. 85? I think the critics are going to have actually ranked it higher. I think they're going to have liked all of the effects and impact. I'm going to say 91. The critics gave Rotten Tomatoes an eight. Or, we gave Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. The critics at Rotten Tomatoes gave The Matrix 88%, oh. right, right in the middle. Right. You guys nailed it. Uh, what was the audience score? Mm. That's got to be... 95. Yeah, I'll say 98. Hmm. It's got to be... 98, 95. Audience yeah. score? 85. Shut up! Really? Wow. I liked it more than the audience. On Rotten Tomatoes. Ah. That doesn't make any sense to me. What's I am yeah. baffled by that. That's, that who are is, those 15 people out of 100 that are that, like... Is a glitch in the matrix. Yes. That's a glitch in the matrix right there. Um, Okay. What do you think the body count was in uh, the matrix? This, do not hold me to this number. This is what I found. So who knows? What, Eric, what do you think the uh, body count was? I feel like it's going to be lower than. Hmm. What do you think? It was, um, I, a, a dozen. Ooh. Whoa. What? <laughs> I was going to say like 65. All right, we have 12 and we have 65. Uh, the body count? Yeah. For the Matrix? 39. Oh. Wow. Eric, we are like averaging ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Working together, we get it right every time. So they shot the Matrix in Sydney, like in Australia. Yeah. And the Wachowskis are from Chicago. And Sydney is a stand-in for Chicago in this movie. I mean, every street they mention is eerie or it's Wabash. Wabash. And it's all downtown Chicago stuff. All the architecture that is either real or you know, it sets in the movie. All looks like Chicago. It's mm-hmm. very Chicago-ish. Um, well, I was always kind of uh, um, wondering about that because I knew the streets were very Chicago, yeah. but I didn't feel like it looks it's, as Chicago-y. And I'm like, what's so is this all CG? And It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's never it's, named or called Chicago, yeah. but it's clearly... Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I know. All the but things point to it. Still, yeah. like it... Yeah. I guess I was expecting a little bit more of a 
grittier look. It's a little whitewashed yeah. in that movie. Well, yeah. You know, that's when you use Sydney as yeah. kind of a, um, yeah, some of this trivia. Oh, we already talked about the, uh, the S&M club in the beginning was a real club called the Hellfire Club in Sydney. Hmm. In Greek mythology, Morpheus is the god of dreams. Ooh. See, you have another layer, Greek, Greek mythology. Because he's Morpheus is also like a John the Baptist character right. in the whole right. biblical right. thing. There's too many layers. And you've got the whole Romans and Christians and, and oh see. my goodness, what are you going to do? No, I, I, ridiculous. I mean, I know the Greeks and Romans are different, but I'm trying to make your connection yeah. there. They're all sort of swarthy Mediterranean people. It's like, <laughs> uh, in the first 45 minutes of the movie, Neo has 80 lines. 44 of those lines are questions. Oh. So he's, the whole first half of the movie, he's essentially just asking questions. Like, Continually tw- questioning what's going yeah. on. What is this? Yeah. Who are you? Where am I? Yeah. One of the Walking things that exposition. I, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I saw, I didn't see that specifically, but I saw something that when in the beginning of the movie, when you see Neo, all of his clothes are a bit like tattered and ill fitting yeah. to kind of subtly signify that he doesn't fit in yeah. in that world, that it's just uh, things don't quite match up for him. Well, and that goes back to the whole. Uh, transgender thing with uh, the Wachowskis, like right. not fitting into yeah. the world or even in their own skin. They're not, right. you know, right. the whole thing. Um, this is the only film in the trilogy where Neo <laughs> uses firearms. No. He never uses a gun in the other ones. Supposedly. He doesn't have to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was looking for the first part of the quote and I couldn't get there. Uh, the hotel room and number when you're ready, where Neo is told to go after the fight in the subway, are the same as the it's the same hotel and room where Trinity is in the when the police get her, uh, oh. she's uh typing on the computer, and okay, they get her. Um, it's the heart of the city hotel room 303. 303 is the avatar or equivalent of Trinity. Yeah. And and I, if oh I remember right, God, Neo's apartment is yeah. Neo's apartment is one hundred and one, right? Right. Yeah. Neo, the one is in one hundred and one. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! Amazing. That's what I mean. All the layers. I can't okay. keep it together. <laughs> and Neo uh, is an like anagram Easter of Easter egg on Easter egg. And of course, Neo is an anagram for one. Yeah. 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 I mean, much of this stuff has been talked about for here and there online uh, for years. Yeah. So we're not breaking yeah. down on most of this stuff. But okay, you mentioned this, Al, so I looked it up. Okay. The name of the company where Thomas Anderson works yes. is Metacortex. The roots of this word are meta, which means going beyond or higher, transcending, and cortex, which is the outer layer or boundary of gray matter surrounding the brain. Thus, metacortex is transcending the boundaries of the brain, which is exactly what Neo ends up doing. Amazing. 
<laughs> Amazing. See, I mean, we could we could do this for an hour, yes. and it's it's never ending with this movie. But yeah. uh, my last little bit of trivia, and then you guys can chime in. Uh, the guns used by the agents: Desert Eagle Mark Nineteen pistol, mm. not point five zero. I wish it was point five zero, because then worlds would collide with the matrix and snatch we have to do a some sort of a, yeah. a mashup sequel prequel yeah. i don't know what would be happening there but that's all i'm doing for trivia because it w- otherwise we'd never leave this yeah podcast. the only other thing that i had that i loved was so we were talking about the shoot it up scene yeah. when they're going to rescue morpheus where they show kind of that lobby after it all happens yeah, yeah. and the facade falls off of that pillar yeah. that was unplanned. Yeah. So that, that was not a, intended to happen, but when it, as they were finishing the shot and it fell, they loved yeah. that impact or they loved what it communicated and left it in. Yeah. That's when the editor just sort yeah. of hangs on to it for an extra beat. Yeah. Well, and there are more funny parts, like comedic elements. Funny might be too strong of a word, but comedic elements to this movie than you remember. I mean, some of the quotes are pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, we can get to those eventually, but um, we talked about that. Yeah. The only other thing I had as a um, trivia is more around casting. Well... Um, so, yeah, Eric, do you have any non-casting trivia? Otherwise, we're going to get into the uh, casting issues. No. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily tr- – well, no, this would – nah, I'm good. Well, yeah, I'll talk about it if we get into, like, memorable quotes and stuff. That's yeah. when I'll bring this up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm good. Casting. Yes. Um, I saw the same stuff you guys saw, and most of this is – the big names we've heard of mostly here and there, and I'll, I'll bring them up in a minute. This is one of those ones where you try to figure out who was almost cast or who read for this role or uh, almost had it or was offered it or whatever. And the answer is every actor in Hollywood like, yeah. had a chance and passed on it or couldn't do it because of this or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, so I don't know what to believe, but... Here's where I'm going to start. Uh, Before I get into the specific issues with Neo and Trinity and Morpheus, when the idea of the Matrix was an early development in the early 90s, Lana, Lana, Lana and Lily uh, Wachowskis, their first choice for Neo back then was Brandon Lee. Mm. But he died in the filming of The Crow. Yeah. Interesting. So he, that's, a, that's kind of an interesting and I think a good Neo had they yeah. done that. That would have been really good. Yeah. Okay. Neo. You want me to do this or do you have something you want to add? No, it's not Neo. It's okay. a different character, but yeah. I can't uh, wait to say it. <laughs> so this is what I've found. I don't know how much of this is real, so take everything with a grain of salt. Supposedly, Johnny Depp was the Wachowskis' first choice to play Neo. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers pushed them to use Keanu Reeves only after it was turned down by Will Smith, which that, that's the famous one, Will Smith. Yeah. 
Nicholas Cage. I don't buy that what? one. I don't buy that one. No, I don't buy that. Brad Pitt. I've seen a bunch of places. Yeah. Who knows? Val Kilmer. I don't buy mm-hmm. that one. Um, and then other the other two I see are Ewan McGregor in ninety nine and Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know about uh, either one of those either. Hmm. So all Fair. this stuff is yeah. weird. I don't buy Ewan McGregor because Star Wars. He yeah, he had done Star Wars and before that he had just had train spotting. So he was right. not on anybody's radar really. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't buy that one. Other one that I saw for Neo, and this is uh, real, is that it was potentially going to go to Sandra Bullock. The Neo part? Neo. Oh, I thought that was a Trinity I, part. I kept looking for that. I saw, I saw someone mention the Trinity, Trinity one. I tried to find more information, like confirmation of that. I didn't find that, but I saw the producer, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, uh, a producer on The Matrix, said, yeah, we offered it to Sandra Bullock, and, or we wanted her to have it. And um, She has since said that I wish I had taken The Matrix role. Huh. Um, and everything points to they wanted to have Sandra Bullock as a female Neo, like change the character to a yeah. female. Yeah. Hmm. That would have been interesting. I've never, I've yeah. never heard of that until I found yeah. this. Yeah. And it appears to be legit. Interesting. All right. Who do you want to uh, talk about, Al? I don't know that it's really that big of a deal, but it (laughs) definitely made me chuckle. And that is podcast favorite Gene Reno was approached to play Agent (laughs) Smith. (laughs) John Reno. (laughs) Gene Reno. Agent Smith? Yeah. I actually like that one. That's Pretty good. I started laughing because, of course, I read the name is Gene Reno, not Jean Reno. Gene Reno. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Trinity. Reno. That was the only thing that caught my eye. I really yeah. tried to avoid the casting. The only uh, two reviews. people I saw for Trinity, one I think is real, and the other one I don't believe for a, a second. Uh, one, the one I saw that I like that I think is real was Janet Jackson for Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. I, I can believe it. I can believe that they tried for her. Brilliant. The one that I saw that I don't get is Jillian Anderson. I don't, Was that... Um, X-Files. X-Files. I know. I know. But, was that show still going at that time? I think it was at its heyday, wasn't it? Was it in 99? Yeah. Maybe just yeah. after the peak, but whatever. Right about there. Yeah. yeah I, that one I didn't quite get. Morpheus... Okay, Morpheus, I've got three. Okay. Uh, all I think are fine. Okay. Uh, Gary Oldman, hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, and Russell Crowe. I think Russell Crowe is fine, too. I don't wow. Gladiator Russell Crowe. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't think he's yeah. ideal, but I think, yeah, sure, yeah, fine. That's possible, yep. There was a rumor... It, but it's a it's a miscommunication out there that Sean Connery was up for uh, Morpheus, but he didn't get the script and said no. That's not true. He was actually up for the architect in the next movie. The oh, re- the, interesting. Movie. Yeah. Um, which makes more sense. The old guy with the white hair and the white beard. 
It would have been unbelievably distracting. Right, yeah. right. To be have Sean, Sean Connery yeah. trying to... The funny part is, is I read over and over at different places that he turned it down because he just didn't get the movie. He couldn't... It made no sense to yeah. him. He's like, what is this bullshit? I'm not... No. Yeah. I, I can't read these, this ridiculous dialogue. Yeah, I think it's kind of the urban legend is that... Um, Sean Connery like turned down the Matrix and Lord of the Rings back to back because he didn't really yeah. get them. Yeah. So then, the next time he was offered a movie in that sort of same vein was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. Right. Which was terrible. Terrible. So Connery was basically like, I don't understand this industry anymore, and essentially retired and pretty much never Peace wow. did anything again. Wow. That makes perfect sense. I believe every yeah. part of that. Yeah. Okay. Now the preamble is over. We get, you know, the appetizers are done. Let's get yes. to the main course. It's a recasting debate. It is time to recast debate. Better close the door. It's time to recast debate. Okay. All right. I feel more confident in my choices here than I have for any movie we've done today. Interesting. I don't know that I feel that confident. I have one, two, uh, three, three at least, and it could be four or five, that are the right answer, and there is no other answer. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, everything right. I say is right today, so just get ready yeah. for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, the main four we're talking about is Neo, yes. Morpheus, Trinity, Agent Smith. Yeah. Everything beyond that is a bonus. Yeah. We got Cypher. We got Switch. We got the Oracle. We got Apoc Tank, Mouse, Dozer. Blah, blah, blah. Partridge in yep. a Pear Tree. Yep. Whatever. Um. If you're if you're recasting Dozer, then uh, we need to shut this podcast. I wrote down. the name down and I put nothing next to it, so <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Should we start with Neo? Sure. Oh my god. Yeah. I have four. I'm just gonna do. Three. You only get three, man. Three. Yeah. Three's the max. I know. Um, I'll start. My number three for Neo. Nicholas Holt. Oh, I thought about him. I wasn't sure he'd be fast enough. He, <laughs> I, I have him somewhere else. <laughs> I feel like he's got some lead feet. I didn't think like, running speed was going to be the, not running speed, but like he's like speed. kicking I and know, punching, yeah. and well, there feels like a level of I nimbleness mean, that needs to be there. Keanu Reeves is as stiff and robotronic as you can get in this movie. But he is slicing through the air. <laughs> That's my number three. All right. My number two, I like a lot. Could have been a number one. But my number one is interesting. Okay. Uh, so number two, with a bullet, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, he's my number two as well. Yeah. Me Easily too. number one. It, it, you can't argue with it. Right. Fine. Right. Number one. Because it fits in, I think, most ways. Although, if we're worried about foot speed, this may be an issue. This mm-hmm. guy, uh, Adam Driver. 
he's not one of my that that's the answer he, he's that's not it. A, yeah but i think he i think that's an interesting that yeah. could work as neo yeah it's a, a very different neo but it's he could pull it off yeah i i i think that's pretty good yeah. and you don't often cast him no i know all right yeah that's good uh eric give us your candidates for neo all right uh my number three um is dev patel Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Uh, from the Green Knight and yeah. Lion Lion and um I like that guy. He's he's good. Yeah. Um, my number two is Michael B. Jordan. And then I think <laughs> wait, we have Michael B. Jordan number two sweeping across the board. Yep. Oh. Correct. All right. And then my number one, I think it's my number one. Um Henry Golding. Oh, interesting. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I did try to find a spot for him in this movie, but I ended up not. Yeah. But that's good. I like that. So my number three is more of a joke because I'm going to (laughs) make this person be the one in multiple movies, and that is Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) I was convinced someone would have him as Neo or someone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I consider I thought about it, but um, no. Michael B. Jordan was number two. My number one, I like this actor. I'm surprised Jordan. he's not in more things. His name is Theo James, and he is most well known in um, uh, what's the movie with um, Shailene? Uh, the the Divergent Divergent series. Yeah. yeah. His, oh. He. Plays the character named Four. Yeah, I think I know he. Good looking guy, athletic, yeah. fast. He, yeah, yeah. fast. He, he's fast. <laughs> Speed is a is a big issue with you. I love it that is. we're we're evaluating actors' speed at this point. It's okay, fighting skills. If he's going to be able to slice it up in the Matrix, he's got. <laughs> he's got to be dodging those bullets, man. Mm-hmm. So all right, Eric. Here we are. Oh no, we did do already. Uh, okay. Um, I'll I'll do Morpheus. I'll, I'll start with Morpheus. Ooh, Morpheus. Um, All right. Okay. My number three came late to me. <laughs> um, I kind of like it, but uh-huh. it's a weird. It's a weird number three. It's fine. Uh, my number three is The Rock as Morpheus. <laughs> Different kind of Morpheus. That's a different kind of yeah. Or it's going to be yeah, a, that's a that's a different movie than The Rock is used to playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I? Okay, you're you're going to wear sleeves, and you're really not going to do all that much fighting. Okay. So just be prepared to like speak in a very uh, stilted manner for in like an uh, unnatural way. Yes. <laughs> Um, number two, solid number two. I love casting him, Donald Glover. Oh, as Morpheus. As Morpheus. Oh, interesting. I have him somewhere else. Yeah. Number one, it is not fair uh, to any of us that the new movie's coming out and the guy playing Morpheus looks just like Morpheus. So I'm going to just put him in, in as Morpheus. Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I don't know who that is. He's the guy playing Morpheus in the movie. Okay, great. 
uh, he was, oh, well, he was the bad guy Mantis in Aquaman. Uh, in a forgettable oh, yeah, yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like a young fish. He looks like fucking Morpheus is the answer. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's why I put him in. Okay. Al, do your Morpheus. So I only had two. And I like both of them, but very different. So Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Morpheus. Or. He's good. He's good. Or. Yeah. Viola Davis. Oh. Okay. I like, I mean, she's, I, I just, I, I like her in that role. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the fighting thing, but she's got amazing arms. She's super fit and except she can do for, it. <laughs> except for the dojo scene. There's not a lot of Morpheus fighting in this movie. Yeah, it's there and when they're in the walls. Right, that's right. Which That's more I, about Morpheus getting his ass kicked than anything else. But. I, but I have something to talk about when we get to oh. kind of memorable scenes about that. All right. So. All right. Those are my two. Uh, Eric Morpheus. Um, I got three. Um, the My second and third choices are both kind of I don't know. I'm not super excited about it. I think they might be... I think they work, but I think they might be a little... I don't know, getting on the old side. Um, and number three, um, Javier Bardem. Oh. Um, good. And then even, probably even a little bit older, Ken Watanabe. <laughs> ah. I like him. I, I want Ken Watanabe in 2003. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my my number one is uh, Mahershala Ali. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, perfect. That's really good. I think you Eric, win, you win that one. Yeah. All right. Um, now begins my string of unassailable um, number ones. Uh, all of my number ones from here on out are the answer so okay, they cannot be uh, uh uh disputed whatsoever okay um but i'm not going first this time who wants to go first with trinity i'll go i don't think i've gone first yet so i'll go first all right um i ended up with a lot of names but yeah. i'll go with um all right so i always want to I always want to cast this actress, but I never could ever quite find the right place for her. And maybe I just don't think of her enough, but um, Carrie Washington. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm always casting Tessa Thompson. Oh. That's good. Um, yeah. And then the other one that I think I like, the, the one that I think I like the best, who I think fits really well into that role, um, and even able to do like all the physicality, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, that's oh, a good one that's too. That's good. I didn't think of her. That's good. Yeah. All solid choices, I think. Al, give us your Trinity. Okay. So I've got 
she is cast all the time, but I think <laughs> she would do it well is Zendaya. Oh, yeah. Then I've got Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> We've been hitting her hard lately, too. Yeah. And then I think, though, I really like her, and I hope she gets out of the franchise and does more things, is Letitia, Letitia Wright. Who is she? In Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she's good. That's it. I've, I, I've only seen her in Black Panther and an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, see, I've only seen her in Black Panther. I, I think she's great. Yeah. I want to see her out of the franchise and do like, doing think, other things. Um, she's doing other stuff. I, I just don't know what it is, though. It's good. I have a bonus one, too. But I have a bonus one that we'll get to as well. Um, but it's not that big a deal. Okay, my number three um, is really just a placeholder. I only have two. So okay. number three is Anne Hathaway as Trinity. Hmm. Fine. Eh. Number two, I, I think feel is... Like she might be too old for the role. We've been putting a lot of old people in these okay. roles, I think. Okay. Um, number two... Two is Emily Blunt with an American accent. Right. Well, she could be British, I guess, too, right? Um, that's fine. Number one is the answer, and we should all just stop. Uh, that's why I wanted to go third, because there is only, there's only one answer. All right. Kobe Smulders. Oh, because they're the same person? Yes. <laughs> Kobe Smulders. From How I Met Your Mother yeah. and uh, Agent Whoever yeah. from the Avengers. She's Trinity. <laughs> she is Trinity. <laughs> the end. Uh, Done. Funny. Okay. Uh, Al, give us your Agent Smith. You haven't got oh, this, uh, this was my worst one. This, I had a never-ending string of names. Really? Yeah. I, I looked at two. I was like, eh, and I stopped looking. I, I, I kind of <laughs> gave up on this one. So the my second choice, which is not great, is Evan Peters. Yeah. Who yeah. plays Quicksilver. I considered him, for sure. And the top of two that I don't like, but I think it's also kind of funny, is um, I can't even read my uh, Joel Kinnanen. Yeah. Who plays Flag in? Yeah. Oh, the guy that me and Eric hate. Yes. <laughs> but I, because he's kind the of robotic. So I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> so. Oh, he's the worst. God. Yep. But I thought that kind of worked. All right, I've got three. <clears throat> um, my. F- I will throw this out because I don't think anyone. I don't think Eric will have this as a real one, but he might. So. If I piss on it now, sorry, Eric. Uh, my throwaway one, but I think it was time for us to mention him. Okay. Tom Hardy. Oh. Agent Smith. All right. Uh, I don't think he works for that, so no. Okay. Uh, my real one, Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. Agent Smith. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. My number two. Oh, uh, number two. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that was my number three. Mm-hmm. All right, you took my third spot with your throwaway. Okay, because I only gave two. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two 
uh, Killian Murphy, Cillian Murphy. Oh, yeah. I think he can do it. Interesting. I think Fassbender beats that one out, though. Sure. Number one. Uh, I don't think everyone will appreciate this. <laughs> it might just be for me. I think it's perfect. Okay. This one, admittedly, is not a. It's not an exact fit, but I think it fits perfect. Okay. So, Lay it on us. You ready? I think so. John Mulaney. (laughs) (laughs) He's just talking really fast instead of really slow. So he has to work on his voice. That's a major problem with this thing. But the look and the mannerisms and the suit and the I, I was thinking John Adrian Mulaney. Smith is just smirking all the <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting. No, that. I know. <laughs> no. That was the one that was like a hard sell. Like, I don't know this. Woo! In my movie, it fucking works hard. But in reality, I don't. We have to. I think his a lot of work. look works more than. Right, right. It's half the battle. Then wow. So, okay. Uh Eric, give us your agent Smith. All right. I got I've got four names. Um starting at the bottom, uh Josh Brolin. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um third, um I thought of uh Carl Urban. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, my number two, like I, I this Report. name came up earlier. Um, I like Nicholas Holt. Okay. Yep. I can, I can, that feels a little bit. Yeah. I considered him for that as yep. well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know, maybe it might be one and one a for, for this other person, Nicholas Holt, even though they're nowhere near the same person, uh, Nicholas Holt or, uh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> oh, I thought about Henry Cavill at one point. I dismissed him immediately. I didn't like him for a Smith. Uh, I have, do you have a wild card for uh, Smith? Did you have an extra one? No. No? I have an extra one that I... Okay. Like Bill Skarsgård, the guy oh, who played it, it with, yeah. the, with the mm-hmm. center eyes or his, you know, his little eye thing. He's a, he's like a creepy Smith. Like he's a little, <laughs> it's a different kind of a Smith. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Now we get to the bonus round. I have three and they are unimpeachable. Okay. Um, I'll just give them. I'll just give my three and then you guys can give your threes or okay. whoever you have, whatever. Cypher. Yes. Charlie Day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No question there. He can right. play that little mousy rat. Cypher. Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Right. Joey Pantalone. Pantalone. Pantaliano. Uh, Switch. Yeah. I mean, there's one and only, and only one. one. Yeah, I know. Tilda Swinton. Yes, of course. Of course. It's not even. Yeah. I mean, yes. th- that character is playing Tilda Swinton. Yes. And the Oracle. Uh, I knocked this out of the park with Debbie Allen. Oh, whoa! Yeah, 
Okay. Okay. All right. I feel that's that's my strongest. Who I've cast for the Oracle oh. is my strongest of all of them. And I love that. Debbie Allen. Is yeah, that's Oracle. good. That's good. Is she dancing all over the place? And I all those kids are like. That's part of the audition of being the you know of being a potential. The fun thing is, if she gets sick or can't do it, you just get her sister, uh, Felicia Rashad. She fills in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Done and oh done. All right, Al. All right. So for the Oracle, I had two. I thought <clears throat> strong candidates. Angela Bassett was one. Sure. Sure. But with a bullet, Octavia Spencer is playing that part. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what I had there. Cypher, I wrote down three names. I will only say one. It's Jesse Eisenberg. That's who's, <laughs> that's who's playing. Charlie Day? No. Nope. Um, Tank. <laughs> Fucking Tank. That's where I've got Donald Glover um, or John sure. Boyega. And he's delivering that sure. cheese ball line of... Believe it or not, you piece of shit, well, you still can burn. Maybe he'll uh, improv something better. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, only I, I, I was not looking to cast them, but as I was looking at other parts, I came across these two actors, and they are, one, the same person, and two, work for the role, and that is for the character of Mouse. Yeah. I've either got Freddie Highmore... <laughs> Or Thomas Brody Sangster, who um, he was in. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the, the uh, um, current movie, but he was the kid in Love Actually. Okay. okay. Um, he's now grown up, and he was. Oh crap! I had it and I lost it again. But um, it's All like right. one of those Hunger Game movies yeah. where they're trying to get out of a maze or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Yep. Those right, are my wild cards. You have a wild card or a bonus? The only one I did was the uh the Oracle. Um <laughs> she just came up a minute ago. I had down one of my names was Felicia Rashad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if she um, Debbie Allen, I have there you go. And then the other two names I have um Alfrey Woodard and maybe this is a yeah and uh Regina King oh I will cast her in anything for the oracle yeah Yeah. that's good that's good all right she could also do a Morpheus she can do anything let's let's be honest yes memorable scenes and quotable lines the first one I wrote down is whoa. Simply whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Come on, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. What was that, Eric? Say it again. I know Kung Fu. I know oh. Kung Fu. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Um, Show me. Yeah. Dodge this. That's a good one. Uh, there is no spoon. Mm-hmm. There is no spoon. 
I should have taken the other one. What was it? The red, the red one? Why, why didn't I take the blue pill? The blue pill. The blue yeah. pill. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I really nailed that memorable <laughs> quote. <laughs> memorable quote. I should have taken the other one. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, stop trying to hit me and hit me. We said the I'm so tired. That's good. Uh, we need guns. Guns. Lots, lots of guns. Uh, my name is Neo. That was one. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm -hmm. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Those are mostly the quotes. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, there are a handful of quotes. I think it's more memorable scenes yeah. that... Is this, this is, it's the visual of this movie. It's the, the plot line. We've covered of, a lot two of or, them. Two or three quotes you remember from this movie, really, and then it's more scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked already, of course, about the the shootout scene. We, of course, talked about the dodging of the bullet. Yep. The subway scene is really yep. great as well. You know, one thing we didn't talk earlier, um, I meant to bring up, and it's so brilliant and so subtle is the coloration of the movie yeah, yeah. and just the green hue inside that, the matrix is greenish yes and i then i started thinking about you know that goes back to like old computers and having the green font yeah. like do people even know what that is today even in 99 when this came out and Neo's typing on that computer and yeah. it's got green lettering. Uh, no one was doing that. No one. That wasn't. That wasn't uh, current. By a, only a few years, but still, it was. It was like a throwback. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was. It was kind of interesting though because it was like that first time you see it and you don't know what the movie's about because like yeah. the whole yeah thing about it was what is the matrix yeah. so you're watching it the first time and you, and like little stuff like that yeah. like pointing like sort of hinting towards this something about this just isn't right yeah, this yeah. world is like I, something's off yeah. well and i loved even like the the use of deja vu yeah. and how that works as like an actual thing where it's a glitch in the matrix and so when, people that has become a part of like common language. If something weird happens, it's a glitch in the matrix. Right. Well, and people will talk about, um, you know, so-and-so was red pilled or blue pilled yeah. or whatever. That even it, comes uh, up. The other one. That's the other yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked about most of these memorable scenes already. Yeah. Um, I choose the matrix. I do like the scene in, uh, the high-rise building where Smith is talking to Mor Morpheus, trying to get him a crack, and they inject him with the whatever to try to get his, you know, mind to break. And uh, when he's talking about, um, you know, I have to get out of here. The the stink is, oh yeah, it's, it's you know in infecting my, you know, my code yeah. or my, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. If there is such a thing, you know, that type of thing. That whole, that whole monologue he does i think it was super cool and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute but that's almost the movie i want to see is the the machines developing the matrix and 
the whole the, like story. a prequel yeah. of how yeah yeah, yeah. An, um, another scene that I remember remember almost being shocked by it when I watched it the first time. And this is something we haven't really touched on is the dojo scene where it's actually Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne doing all the choreography themselves. Like before, like before that it was still very much like a stuntman kind of thing where the star isn't doing all that. Yeah. Well, and that's, we talked about this I and mean, that's why Keanu is a little stiff in some of these fight scenes. Cause he broke, uh, one of his vertebrae mm-hmm. or he had, he had a couple mm-hmm. of them fused. Yeah. I forget it was, had his... was it back or is it neck? I forget. Neck. Yeah. And so that's why he's sort of, he's a little stiff and yeah. you know, the way he throws some of these punches and that's why he doesn't do that many kicks because he can't get his leg up for these oh, kicks. Interesting. Like he was, Injured, like severely. So, injured. like when he lifts his leg <clears throat> up toward the end, and then he does like the little twist and turn, and it goes back down. Who knows if that was earlier in this yeah. shooting schedule, or you know, I don't know. But. So, going back to the dojo scene, because this is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, I mentioned earlier. So, in the dojo scene, both Morpheus in particular is fast in that scene. And then when they're in the matrix against Smith, it's like, it's an, it's almost an intentional slowdown of him against the agent. Like, it's like, he's got concrete in his hands and his fists. And I don't know if it is more about you're in a training program and their controlled environment versus the matrix, which is their controlled environment. And they're able to slow him down a bit in order for Agent Smith to be I able to I um, think it's more to show the invincibility and dominance of the agents. Yeah. But yeah, I Yeah, but just that the agent is that much faster. Yeah. Right. So either way though, like even yeah. that level of subtlety yeah. of mm-hmm. that speed I thought was really um interesting and great. Many of the punches that Neo throws in even in the dojo uh, have no chance of even getting near Lawrence Fishburne's head. Uh, I mean, when he's, but he they slow mo it. He's doing the, the straight, straight arm, arm. Yeah. like karate chop to his ear, yeah. but he's a foot away from his head. Yeah, some of that was I thought it was weird. Like it was just shot weird. I mean, it was it looked cool, but on second viewing, you're like, those aren't real punches. Like, yeah. it, it, I don't he's know what that is, fast. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks I can flutter over here and I can flutter over right. there and right right it's uh... another the the scene there there that I was going to talk about earlier and I decided I was going to wait until yeah. now um was the scene when Neo is being reprimanded by his boss yeah and his boss is talking talking saying things like you think you're special and the rules don't apply to you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. His boss is totally. Yeah, it's. He's explaining the movie to us in code. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like you think you're special, but and he, it just works. It's yeah. I I even can't explain it now, but it works it's so well, so sort of like foreshadowing what's going to well, be going on in the rest of the also, movie. 
but they're probably also recognizing that he is questioning the world and the and that he's researching the matrix and so they're trying to reinforce to him you're not special the rules you know um you think that the rules don't apply to you but Wait, they do kind of you thing. think his boss knows he's researching the matrix I think the matrix is oh. telling him well, through through the, the boss, boss you are mm. not special you think the rules don't apply to you but they Potentially. do Potentially. type thing to just tamp him I like down. the window washers on the windows that are distracting Mio Mio yeah. distracting Mio <laughs> and the water the, the the bubbles, the soap comes down sort of in the matrix code almost. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's watching the code, you know, in yeah. the bubbles, not paying attention to the guy who's telling him he's in the yeah. dream world, uh, like Eric's talk, Eric is talking about. Uh, that whole scene is subtly good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That's really good. I did like, and it was, I think, really, the it was the first introduction of the fighting, though, like when he runs up the side of the dojo and kind of does that big backflip over Morpheus. And he grabs the wires and yeah. he flips over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wire work is great. Uh, Keanu needs to not grab the wires every yeah. single time he's yeah. flipping around. Yeah the, the, yeah, the worst example is when he flips out of the, uh, off the subway tracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's a bit over the top. It's a bit too obvious. Um, okay. I forgot how young he is in that movie. Like, it's... I mean, that movie's old. What would you want to see in a sequel if there isn't one already? So, Eric, you, when you watched this movie, you said you also watched uh, the two sequels. Yeah, I ended up powering through the whole trilogy. <laughs> so, last night, I put on... Because I happened to... I saw something about it online and I, I, I looked and it is on HBO Max. The Animatrix, the series yeah. of animated, uh, you know, I don't know, there's five or six uh, animated shorts put together that take place, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter really, but between the first movie and second movie. And they sort of give further context to the world and the whatever. You know, some are There's, like uh, history lessons on, you know, how the machines got there. One is about the the other kid who's in the third movie, and it's all fine. Um, but the one that I liked that I do, and I, I mentioned this, I do want to see a prequel. Would be like how the machine, how the whole thing started, how the machines, how did the revolution happen? What that the machines took over? Yeah, what does the first matrix that was supposed to be perfect and was a, a huge failure what does that look like or what does all this look like from the perspective of the machines instead of the people like i, I yeah i'd like to see that side of this civil yeah. war and see how that whole thing works out. and how did they gather up people and put them in those things right like how did that whole thing occur? i'm interested in like the origins of all this stuff mm. would be interesting i think mm-hmm. maybe I mean, that's, that's a stretch. I don't think I've got that level of urgency to see it. No, I mean, it's no, probably no, no. the, I mean, because obviously there are two 
This could be a limited Higher. series on Netflix, you know, yeah. a six episode run would be yeah. fine. Great. Yeah. I am looking forward to the new one to see what they're doing. I know. I'm with it, but I'm mostly just curious about it. Yeah. I have no real expectations of it. Okay. The how much are they worth game? And now let's play the how much are they worth game? Okay. Hmm. We've got Joey Pants, <laughs> Hugo Weaving, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, and Keanu Reeves. I uh, in the last, um, the last edition, the last issue of. My uh, Edge magazine yes. that I did 20 years ago, uh, we had an interview with uh, Joey Pants. Oh. So that's my connection right there. I did not interview him. I had, a, I had one of my editors do it. but Okay, Joey Pants. Joey Pantoliano. And He's been around forever. Yeah. And has been everywhere. But they've always been basically bit parts or yeah. just character actor parts. He had a 20-year run where he was in, like, every movie. 151 actor credits? MacGyver. Yeah. The movie or the TV show? Uh, TV series, 2016 to 2021. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Has he ever had a role uh like a uh where he was the star like yeah. the lead uh i don't think so mm. he was in uh midnight run we know that <laughs> yes this is true 151 titles going back how long he was in uh This thing is so long. Going back to the 80s, late 70s. He was in Risky Business. Looks like the first one, he was a mugger in the movie Road Movie. 1973. What's okay. the Christopher Nolan movie where, where, where it goes backwards? Tenet? Memento. Tenet. I will also accept Tenet. Yeah. Uh, Memento. I have a... I have a number. Uh, I think I'm way too high. Okay, I've written down a number. Eric, what do you got? I'll say 20 million. Al? I have 23... I said 31. I think I'm high. Ooh. Joey Pantoliano uh, has a net worth of $8 million. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Eric gets it just by default because we all suck. Uh, Hugo Weaving. This is an interesting one. 
because he's been in a lot of big movies. Yeah, he's been around, and he's I think he's been around longer than we kind of yeah realize. Yep, ninety-two actor credits. I mean, none of us knew him before this movie, right? Right. Yeah, this was before all the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. So not major parts in those movies, but parts. Those were big-ass movies. But he had a significant role in, you know, the Matrix movies. So there's something. I mean, in the Marvel, he he was in the Captain America thing. Like, he's been in some big movies, but not in giant parts. Right. V for Vendetta. Mm -hmm. He was in Babe. Don't forget that. (laughs) Uh He voiced uh, Rex the dog. I feel like, I think he's, he is Australian, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think he's probably, I think he's acting in Australia for a long time. Yeah. He's down there doing for Margot Ryan, yeah. whoever, whoever is, <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Um, okay, Allison, do you have a number? Yes, I wrote yes, that 18 million. Shit. How much? 18. Hmm. I wrote 35. Oh. Eric? 30. See the joy pants thing? Though, I, just threw I know. Off. Hugo Weaving is a British actor. Who has a net, although I, I think he's from Australia. Uh, has a net worth of $25 million. So Eric is five over. Al is seven under. No, oh, you're 12 under. No, seven under. Uh, yeah, so he would get it. Eric gets it. Damn it, Eric. Two to nothing to nothing. Okay. Let's come back with Carrie Ann Moss. Hmm. The Matrix movies plus Memento, and that's all I know about Carrie Ann Moss. She's she popped up. She was in the um, the Netflix Marvel stuff. She was in she was in Daredevil. She's in Daredevil, and and then I think she was part of another like one of the tie-ins. Um, oh, Jessica Jones. Oh, she go. was in Jessica Jones, and then I think she was in like. Whatever that team up, the Defenders. So she's got some little bit of Marvel money. I feel like she should have had a bigger career. Totally. Yeah, it's a bit surprising. Although I hope she. Oh, she was in Shock a Lot. She played the mom of the little boy. 79 actor credits, holy crap. Yeah, what the hell? It's more than a... These actors who have like 100 credits and like we barely know about them. Uh, Seems weird. Wait a minute. She was in a TV show called The Matrix from 90... In 1993? (laughs) I saw that too. (laughs) 13 episodes. Hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that 
I choose the Matrix. <laughs> she chose she it in that movie. Times. She was on movie Red Planet with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer and Tom yeah. Sizemore and Terrence Stamp. That movie really is not very good. Okay, she was a producer. Forgot about that movie. Mostly an actor. All right, I've uh, got a number. Okay, let me do this. I got um, the again the Joey Pants thing is skew, skewing this entire thing. I don't know where to go with this. Okay, uh, I've got a number and it's twelve million. I wrote down twenty five. I'm hoping she cashed in on two and three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, that's that's true. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Fifteen. I hope I'm wrong and she's worth more. Ooh, well, is a Canadian <coughs> Canadian actress. A boot. So I mean, I don't know what the the conversion rate is. So that, <laughs> we didn't factor that in. Uh, has a net worth of three million dollars. <gasps> That's not right. That um, can't be right. So I win that one. Three million dollars. She's best known for Matrix. She's been in Jessica Jones. Uh, Three million dollars, and she was in four Matrix movies. I refuse to show? believe that that's correct. I'm sure she'll get paid for this next one. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. All right. Lawrence, don't call me Larry Fishburne. I gotta get on the board here. Oh. Uh, I can't spell Fishburne. He's been in a couple things. 132 acting credits. Cowboy Curtis. Mm-hmm. He is in the that TV show Blackish, Grownish. It's generating some money. Ant Man and the Wasp. He's got some <laughs> Avengers money. Yeah. Was he in all of this? He's got John Wick money now too. Mm-hmm. Well, Boys in the Hood. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Things happen. That's right, he's Perry White now. Uh, see this. Oh, he was on C he had a run on CSI. Oh God. He's, he's in that movie 21. Uh, he's in that. He's got a lot of like uh bit parts too. Things happening. Oh, he's even got, that's right, he was in Mission Impossible 3. He's the narrator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 2007. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have a number. Um, all right. I don't know about this one. 
Uh, Eric, what do you have for Larry Fish? I will say $45 million. Oh, that's great. I said 39 I wrote 70 <laughs> You might have it. I don't feel super confident about that. I'm not gauging off of you. I'm gauging off of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm close to Eric. That's uh, my... I know. What? Okay. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is an actor, screenwriter, and producer... Blah blah blah, uh, with a net worth of thirty million dollars. Mm. I get that one. Oh, we forgot about the Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, he was like sixteen in that movie. I'm sure he got nothing for that like, scale. Whatever. Yeah, no, a day rate of whatever. So it's two to two, two, to, to, two. Zero? two to two to zero. Uh. Going into Keanu Reeves. He has that uh, babes in Toyland money. <laughs> Point break money. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Parenthood? Parenthood? Oh, Bill yes. and Ted's? Bill and Ted money, John Wick money. I hope he got speed money. Bill and Ted number three. Oh, speed. There's a good one. Speed. Yeah. John Wick, of course. 47 Ronin. What's the one with the, uh, uh, the mailbox? That's a a time machine. Uh, the lake house. What a shit show that was. Constantine. Something's got to give. See, I bet he like produces the replacements. Mm. Devil's Advocate. Oh, Devil's Advocate. Yes. We might have to do that movie sometime. That's (laughs) Johnny Mnemonic. (laughs) That's such a weird movie. That was a shit show. Oh yeah, Bram Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's made good choices throughout much of his career. He's been in a lot of movies yeah. that are not bad. He yeah, yeah, he makes he does make good choices. And it's kind of should have brought this up earlier, but it was kind of a thing with him with the Matrix, like all the other actors that they asked to do it, they like didn't get it. But Keanu, they said like from the jump was all over it and was all in. Yeah. Like he, he got it and wanted to do it. Well, he knew all that weird computer stuff from Johnny Mnemonic. So, I mean, (laughs) it appears as if he was in a cornflakes commercial in 1987. So I remember him being on like one of the Disney Sunday night movies (laughs) where he is, uh, Like he plays, I think it was, it was, it was something ridiculous. Like Robert Wagner, like wished to be a kid again. And then it was like Robert Wagner inside of Keanu Reeves's body. They called teenage dream. No. All right. I have a number. I don't know about it. It was called young again. 
Oh. Oh, yeah, Robert Urich. And, yeah, Keanu was playing Robert Urich in a 17-year-old's body. <laughs> Great. All right, I've got a number. Uh, Eric, give us your number. Oh, God. It's hard because he gets money and then he gives it away. Yep. Well, which does he really have? I will say, I'm going to say $175 million. I said $121. I wrote down 175, crossed it out, and put 160 because of the giving away. What does he give away to? Charities, and he buys people stuff, and like he'll buy his crew, like everybody gets a motorcycle. I'm not up on. Oh! I just saw a number that (laughs) surprised me. I'm not up on Keanu Reeves' activities. Okay, this is. This is a shocker. Uh, You will not be prepared for this number. Uh, Keanu Reeves is an actor, musician, Mm -hmm. producer, and philanthropist who has a net worth of $380 million. I almost like was going to go really high. I I was going to, I considered saying 300. Eric takes it three to two to zero. Why would you highlight that? <laughs> three eighty. Yeah, because I, I was thinking like oh, I don't know. Yeah, because there's like all the stories. Like basically, all the money that he got from the Matrix sequels, he split up and gave it to like all the stuntmen. Yeah, that's great. And like all the like the crew from the movies. Yeah. So th- that 380 might be 500. Or I don't know, uh, 400. Or yeah. like 430. Or it's 380 and he's only got 50 left. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, like he'll buy, like he buys all the stuntmen, like Harley Davidsons and stuff. Wow. And he like, he gives a lot of his money away to like hospitals. hospitals and. Yep. Wow, that's a big number. I was not prepared for 380. No. Good for him, though. He seems to be, like, I mean, he is known to be such a nice guy. So, of all yeah, the people, man. like, that's great. Whatever. Yeah. He's made a lot, as you just said, a lot of movies that were good decisions and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But uh, if you if you told me it was 220, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. 380. That's Holy fuck. <laughs> that's a big number. All right, that was The Matrix. It holds up. Uh, it is a flawed yet perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it revolutionized action scenes as we know them, uh, specifically fighting scenes. Um, it made Keanu Reeves a shit ton of money. Uh, spawned a franchise that's coming back in a matter of days. And yeah, we say this with a lot of movies that we do on this podcast. It really holds up. Mm-hmm. I, it did, short of a couple of the phone things here and there, 
but you could attribute that to the computers trying to live in this dream world. Uh, it holds up entirely. It's great. It feels like a modern movie. Yes. And the phones is not even a thing because like right. flip phones are coming back. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I yeah. choose the matrix. Like it's, I know kind of food. it's good. I'll watch it anytime. It's on television. If I see it, I'll put it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's entirely watchable.